0: You're right, Gav. You're looking very mysterious.
1: <laughs> Jesus Christ. What do you know about Lawrence Fishburne, Gav? <laughs> What's he said he'll do to you?
2: <laughs> i am joined him from the witness protection scheme, sorry.
0: <laughs> have the uh, have a sunlight in your enemy's eyes, just get, keep us off balance.
2: Eh? <laughs> it does look like a good visual, doesn't
0: it? Yeah. <laughs> You, well, you, you look like a pervert, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> you look like you joined the wrong Zoom call, if I'm honest. Uh, <laughs> I
2: just want, like, like, a glowing cigarette
0: as well. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Just keep saying, like, do the more. <laughs> do it slowly. Do it, do the
3: more. <laughs>
2: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Films on Trial. I'm Gav. I'm Alex. I'm Joel. I'm Dave. And I'm Austin. And this week is the culmination of our celebrated Angela Bassett season. And some people may point out that a season celebrating such an acclaimed actress, we've picked two films where she merely played supporting roles. Well, (laughs) to those people, (laughs) I say, hold your horses, buddy, because... We're about to put one of Bassett's starring vehicles, the 1993 music biopic What's Love Got to Do With It on trial. Is it simply the best or is it a second-hand emotion?
3: Aww. Yes, thanks, thanks <laughs> man. Like
2: Thanks. That. worked hard on that one. <laughs> Essentially, will this film be placed on our esteemed hit list or our steaming shit list? Let's find out. But before we do, let's talk about our last trial, which was the 2022 action superhero film Black Panda Wakanda Forever. Alex, you judged that trial and deemed that it should be placed on the hit list. You've since gone away, and you've watched the film. I can uh-huh. see that you're pretty much gnawing through your fists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna assume that you don't think you made the right call. Is that right? No, I
0: was pretty upset to be honest. I was pretty upset, and it felt like I was lied to by by all of you. It's not a good film. I think it is one of the better Marvel film that comes out, but I think that just shows how bad it's been. I just thought it was nonsense. I just didn't understand what it was going on about. I just thought there's fish people. What? There's fish people? And I just couldn't get past the fact that we were talking about fish people for the for the whole film. It took itself really seriously and I just thought it was an incredibly long and boring watch. So uh, no, I did not make the right call. I'm, I'm upset at myself, but mostly I'm upset at all of you i mean mainly the defense let, let, let's let's not no drag. no i'm i'm upset i'm upset at all of you <laughs> <laughs> i don't think prosecution did it good enough i'm upset I just i'm just angry Gav. i'm just a very angry person <laughs> what did you think about the end credits scene i didn't get that far i i honestly <laughs> <couldn't>. i I, <laughs> I watched the i watched the film what happens
2: oh what happens uh, yeah. so they return to i can't remember the country where uh lupita nyong'o's character had, had been hiding out essentially and then it turns out that she has had a child a little boy who's about six years old now that had happened obviously just before the snap and yeah basically she was like oh look here's little t'challa and that's well, it they well, were like what why? It just though, seems, I mean, I, I know. It, like to me, that, that was one of the big head scratches because it was like we've just sat through a two-hour, forty-minute film and she's never mentioned this son at all. No, no. And we, <laughs>
0: we've just like set up Black Panther. It's it's her now. It's Shuri. So yeah, yeah. that's that. Do you know what I mean? Like we don't, you know. And, and it
2: was also like you know, know she's just like, just like gone, a, there's a two-year-old,
0: <laughs> but it's a boy. So yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah. You wait you in 20 years time this guy is going to be the future but it, it also just felt a little bit like haven't you just gone away on an incredibly dangerous mission halfway across the world in which you may not return I, you know there wasn't even a scene where she says see you later son <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway anyway right i digress uh, thank you very much for that alex now on to the trial itself all of the roles have been picked out of the hat at random so acting as defense and trying to get this film placed on the hit list is dave now you may guess where i've plucked these insults from so, uh, so on the defense is dave who is just like tina turner's 1986 song what you get is what you see some guys got lips that you can't help kissing and some guys got a smile you can't resist some guys got to build a reputation They just want to add you to the list. Dave, you've got a lot of physical attraction, I can't (laughs) deny. But can you guarantee me satisfaction while I'm still waiting, waiting, waiting?
1: wow <laughs> I, I can vouch for dave <laughs> don't know quite what to make of that but okay
2: uh joining dave will be Ozzy, who is just like tina Turner's 1984 hit song private dancer he's our private dancer a dancer for money he'll do anything that we want him to he's a private dancer a dancer for money and any old music will do isn't that right Ozzy? you That's dirty right. bastard. <laughs> <laughs> and acting as prosecution and trying to get this film placed on their shit list is Alex and Alex is just like the 1984 Tina Turner song better be good to me I'm a prisoner of your love entangled in your web hot whispers in the night I'm captured by your spell captured oh yes I'm touched by this show of emotion but should I be fractured by your lack of devotion should I should I No, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. And joining Alex is Joel, and he's just like the 1995 Tina Turner song, Goldeneye. He'll never know how I watched him from the shadows as a child. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i
4: always knew there was something
2: <laughs> now just like real court advocates of defense and prosecution will be making the best case for their roles now these may or may not be their real opinions though so do stay tuned until the end of the episode to hear what they really think and in the role of the judge who has to decide which list this film should be placed on hit or shit, based solely on the arguments put to them is me and i'm just like tina turner's 1988 cover song addicted to love i can't eat i can't sleep there's no doubt i'm in deep my throat is tight i can't breathe and they're just some of my many medical ailments. <laughs> no, no metaphors for you, Aga. <laughs> <laughs> now, before we get started, I think that we should probably give the audience a bit of a better understanding as to what this film is all about. So let's spin the wheel of impressions, which I've, I've left at home. I'm, I'm recording with Ozzy today. So close your eyes, guys, and picture this and tell me if it's the same, okay? and it's landed on Joel. (laughs) (laughs) So basically what we do here is we read out the synopsis of the film in the style of one of the cast or characters from the film. Now, out of respect for Tina Turner and anybody associated with this film, (laughs) I think that we're not going to ask Joel to do an impression of Tina Turner. Good idea. Mm -hmm. Instead, I would like to hear it in the style of uh, one of Tina's 1980s contemporaries. I'd like to hear it in the style of Mark Knopfler from Dire Streets. <laughs> <laughs> I literally don't know what he sounds
1: like. <laughs> Imagine Bob Bob Dylan but Jordy. And I guess
0: <laughs> go on, Gav. Do you, do, do, do you not flick Gav? Go on. Uh, what, what does he sound like? Is it? Um,
2: Look at them yo-yos. That's the way you do it. <laughs>
1: Uh, that's actually
2: that's actually about right yeah. <laughs> okay well, what about one of uh, the tina tenner's 1980s contemporaries david berry oh yeah good on.
4: i can't even even you know picture david berry. just off. a
1: posh english
4: i think but on lsd <laughs> <laughs> The story of of singer <laughs> Tina Turner's rise to stardom and how she gained the courage to break free from her abusive husband, Ike Turner.
3: <laughs>
5: Amazing.
0: Man.
1: Not that far Lovely. off Bowie, to be fair. That wasn't really too bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: And old yeah. David Bowie did story time around the fire, <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> <at
1: that. laughs> I mean, I'm not quite sure of the link from Bowie to Tina Turner, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't sound too far off the
5: uh, when david bowie was on that
2: um okay right now i think well, that's 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 it i've got a good idea of what this film is about so i think let's get things started and we'll start with the defense so dave can you please give me a general idea what the hell this film's all about and why it should be placed on the hit list.
1: Yep, certainly can. Okay, so we're talking about the 1993 film, What's Love Got to Do With It? Not to be confused with the What's Love Got to Do With It? that's just come out in the cinemas. So this one tells the story of Tina Turner, her rise to stardom, and her career basically throughout uh, her career with Ike Turner, her husband and musical partner, through to about the time that not long after she went solo. So it takes play, goes it takes you to about the mid-80s, I would say. And although there's a lot of focus on the songs that they made at the times and the hits that she had and her stagecraft, the focus of the film is really on their private lives and on the tumultuous, dare we say, quite horrifically violent home life that they had this was not a happy marriage it was very a very abusive relationship it's kind of gone down in history of like one of the most toxic relationships in music um and you can see why looking at this film it's it's quite brutal in places it's not an easy watch if you think you're going to sit back and hear about the showmanship of, of tina turner and hear about how they made some of their great songs it's like that's not all that's there there is a very dark story here um so be warned going into this like i said this is not an easy watch but, my God, it is powerfully delivered. you got Angela Bassett playing Tina Turner. you got Lawrence Fishburne playing Ike Turner. These two actors were in the early stages of their career, but they were established enough that people knew what they were going to get. And what you got was gravitas for days. These two performances hold this film together, and they drive it forward onto a level that it is, is not been seen in very many biopics before. The performances of the two of them, Angela Bassett as Tina and Laurence Fishburne as Ike. The way they work together. One of the reasons Laurence Fishburne took this role was so he could work with Angela Bassett. And you can see the chemistry they've got together. That is what drives this film. This is an absolute gem of a biopic. You will come away knowing far more about Tina Turner's life and her career, but also her strength and her character to have gotten through what she got through. It's It's quite an impressive biopic, I have to say. And the performances ultimately will be what drive it for you.
2: very much for that dave yeah it sounds like a really captivating watch to be honest Lawrence fishburne angela bassett where can you go wrong i think uh, i mean depending on what what year this film was released that it was made after they appeared together in boys in the horde they had great chemistry in that even though they were only sort of fleetingly sharing the screen together would love to actually see them performing opposite each other in a full-on picture Alex I mean it sounds really good What what is your problem with this film
0: <laughs> just before we go into this we had a big long argument about two years ago about whether it's biopic or biopic mm-hmm. which where have we landed on it is it because I'm happy with biopic I'm happy with biopic brilliant yeah I think it's biopic, and- biopic. yeah
5: i thought
0: it was biopic yeah biopic. Yeah, i'm great we're, biopic. we're just recycling our old shit at this point like, <laughs> we're, we've forgotten we're not we've even gone. interested in what happened <laughs> uh, okay. i mean i
1: i come back to my old argument that we had two years ago and i'll say it's not biology
0: thank you biopic
1: no, biopic. No, biopic
3: biopic
0: right okay okay i can't believe i'm <laughs> You just uh, said biopic. All right, but no, I'll, let's move past that. let us uh, I'll be the bigger man. All right. <laughs> <laughs> right Can I just back... say that this is a great start?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll try to, I'll try up, to
2: move past this and go on to the film.
3: <laughs> I should uh,
2: just imagine in a real courthouse, the prosecution just be like, listen, Judge, before I get started here, <laughs> how do you actually say murder? Well, <laughs> right. Okay.
0: what What's love got to do with it? Just before we go into it, like, you know, obviously, you know, I want to be sensitive because this is a film that's talking about, you know, domestic violence and violence. And, and, and you know, I'm going to agree with uh, some big points that Dave made there, which is the, 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 the relationship between them is shown well. And the violence that I think is done is very, you know, it's hard to say that domestic violence is done well in a film, but it's accurately portrayed, I think. And it's, it's very, it's very moving and it's very powerful. So in the comments that I'm going to make now, I'm just sort of putting a disclaimer on it that I'm not talking about the violence in between Ike and Tina Turner. What I'm going to say is though, this is a biopic, all right, where, uh, biopic. <laughs> where um it's based on the book i tina that tina turner co-wrote basically about her own life and i think this more than anything just skews the film and is the is the big problem in the film and le- l- lends to its credibility again not talking about the relationship between i and tina i'm talking about everything else i'm talking about basically her entire life and the relationships we have with people, her music career and all of those things, you are looking at this through the lens of someone who has told to, as t- is, is, is telling their own story you know and I understand that and I get that you know this is her telling her own story but there are certain characters in it for example the mum's character I, I think who is just evil in it almost Do you know what i mean there's no redeeming features to it there's no scene when she sort of shows any sort of humanity she's not very good she abandons tina turner very early on in her life then doesn't support her when she comes back in when tina comes back into her life uh later on annie may bullock is you know is, is how she's is how she's called before her stage name and then later on she sells her out to ike turner because ike sort of bought her off with with a house i'm not disputing that these things happened i just think the portrayal of certain characters and certain events skew very much towards it basically just being you know tina turner does nothing wrong in her own life which i think as we all know in life is very unlikely do you know what i mean That the that, that, a, a very rich part of a biopic is when people have failings or when people have regrets or when people do things wrong and that doesn't really come across in this film and i think it's a shame for two reasons to be honest uh, number one i think it's a shame not to see these failings because i think it would be quite a rich part of the story where you know I, you know we're not going to You know, blame. We're not going to think, oh, you know, she couldn't. You know, she she had a problem with certain things in life. You know, write her off or anything like that. I think that would have. You know, it'd be really interesting part of of the film that is missing. I also think it leads a little bit towards the sort of how much we can believe certain parts of the film, again, not talking about the violence. Talking more about her career, talking about the way things are done, the way she talks to people, her relationships with people, which is a huge part of the film. I, I just think because you're thinking, right, wow, you know, the, she does no wrong in this, in her, in, in her own life. I just think that like many other biopics I've seen, it made me think of uh, David O. Russell's Joy. I don't know if you've seen that with Jennifer Lawrence, but that felt like a very similar thing. It's got the the person it's about heavily involved in the production of the film, in this case in What's Love Got to Do With It, writing you know the book that it's based on. And I just think it skews it so much to the point that at certain bits you're like, mm, I'm not sure if I actually believe but completely on board with this, or you're at least questioning it. So I, I just think that's a shame for the film. But but, but, but again, you know, D- Dave's right on certain points. I just think if it was a bit more nuance, a bit more looking at Tina Turner maybe, in a bit more like, you know, looking at her failings and looking more at some characters and seeing maybe their positives, I think it would have been a much better film.
5: I think what you're looking for, Alex, is actually the Netflix documentary about Tina Turner in which it is an unbiased narrative and they they deal it from a completely third party and and it's a pretty boring watch instead (laughs) what you've got is 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 a film you know it's a a dramatization of their life based on a story you know based on on a a, um you know a ghost written uh novel essentially about you know it's loosely you know it's based on the facts it doesn't mean it necessarily is the facts and I, I don't think that's a problem it doesn't matter if you've got a biased narrator or you know a storytelling point I think the key is that the events happened whether they're overblown or not you know most stories have to be embellished to make them interesting enough you know as less so than most I would say and, and I don't think that's a problem I think that you know you've got to make allowances to to bring something to the big screen you know in and, and any official biopic I have to check myself every time yeah, I'm gonna say. Right. <laughs> um but <laughs> any any of you know any official sort of particularly a musical one or something of like a celebrity, they go through a huge sanitization process, you know, in order to allow somebody to come out looking in a good light. You know, it happened with the Beals, it happened with the 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 Johnny Cash one, it you know, it ha- it, it, to
0: some extent, it happened with the Elvis one. you know, when there's an estate involved in the Johnny a- Cash one, you do see him. He does heavily get into drugs and stuff like that. You do, you know, you do see quite a, a heavily, you know, a poor side of Johnny Cash's character in that film, which is missing in what's Love Got to Do with It.
2: I, I, mu- I must say, I can understand what Alex is saying here because. Uh, he's asking the question, should artists be involved in their own biopics? Because they may be skewed because an individual can't fully be attached from a story that's about themselves. And obviously what you're saying there is that there is always going to be the... I don't know, the the temptation to embellish it a little bit. It reminds me of the story uh, from Sasha Baron Cohen where he was talking about the Freddie Mercury biopic because at one point he was going to star in it and he said he had a meeting with Queen, the, the living members who were acting as the producers and he said that, that Freddie Mercury in the film died at the halfway point of the film and Sasha Baron Cohen was like, well... Why, why have you decided to do that and queen said well because then the next part of the film is about what happens next with the band so i spoke i was like what was that <laughs> <laughs> so yeah yeah i i understand what, what alex is, is saying here uh, but also yeah i also kind of like what i was saying <laughs> a little bit about needing to embellish sometimes and you, it doesn't have to be a play-by-play account of everything that happened in their life to the t it, there can be a little bit of embarrassment there can be a little bit of bias dave what do you think about that
1: yeah i just want to just just to clarify that yeah the um itina was co-written with tina turner so she had input into that but she didn't actually have any input into the screenplay so although it was her saying the source material the actual making of the film tina was pretty distanced from uh, i think all in all um so yeah it's, it's just the source material that comes from her so the rest of the film was done really without that much interaction with tina turner just for clarity's sake
2: okay thank you very much dave uh, just moving on now we've spoken a little bit about the story what it involves you said that it sort of it spans many years from her getting together with ike and forming that band and then sort of ends around the 1980s solo success uh, joel is there anything else within the story that you want to focus on at all
4: No, I would have echoed exactly what Alex said. And in fact, if you go on the Wikipedia page for the film, it's got something that you don't see on pretty much any other film, which is a list of inaccuracies. And they go on for probably like a full page, maybe a page and a half, which I think, given the subject matter, you know, domestic violence, that type of thing, I kind of feel like that should be accurate. And I know what Austin's saying, I know what Dave's saying, that, you know, sometimes to make it more interesting, you do have to kind of skim over certain things, or maybe change certain things, but there's a few kind of key scenes, which apparently were, you know, just didn't happen. Like, there's a scene at the end of the film where I kind of uh, comes in and threatens her with a gun, and she kind of puts him down and basically ignores him. She kind of makes him, you know, look like the small one. And apparently that just didn't happen. What did happen is that uh, she was warned that he was going to hire a hitman to kill her or something like that. And that that was the real truth. So I feel like, you know, some of the most important scenes in the film, especially the ones that revolve around her kind of maybe becoming a stronger person, didn't happen. And I feel like that kind of really took the shine off the, the film, especially when I read about it afterwards. And one thing that I'd also say as well, maybe just moving away from the story for a bit, like how the film looks, like I just think for the time it was is it nineteen ninety-three or nineteen ninety-four or something like that. Like it it looks really, really poor. It looks like somebody shot it on, you know, like an early iPhone camera. Like it it really, really does not look very good at all. And I think that for me as well kind of took a bit away from the film because it, it's just kind of hard to watch. We've spoke about before, you know, like shaky cameras and that type of thing. It's not that, it's just very grainy it's almost like something you'd expect from the 80s or the 70s even i just didn't think it looked very good at all
2: mm-hmm. okay thank you very much joel ozzy you're a man who appreciates <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's one way of putting it <laughs> but, um
4: Are you stroking gavs like that with your feet <laughs> <laughs>
2: not my leg uh, so Ozzy, I, I, you're a man who appreciates good cinematography and how a film is compiled and you know how it's filmed in general. What, what do you think about what Joel says? And that it looks a bit tinny, especially for when it came out.
5: So I
2: I can understand the viewpoint, but
5: I think it's a, I think it's a, a choice, an artistic choice to put you back in the, the time zone. I think that was the in, the intent is to really help um, place the story in a particular setting. So, I, so I, I do get what Joel's saying is that it it feels dated from a visual aspect, but I I think it's very much an artistic choice. So that you really feel like you are seeing it life. You know, like the uh, the cake scene, I think is a pretty memorable uh, scene, and that feels like you you could have you know you've seen this. I think it's really well shot. It's really quite artistic. It's um, they do a, a great job. I've just really—it's quite a closed, intimate cast, you know. So, um, so, so in order to really capture that, they have to make other choices and other. Uh, and I think the visual aspect of it—the graininess, the the the, you know, the color grading—I think is maybe the key. And I think it, it really does help capture that 70s and 80s vibe uh, throughout. And it and it shifts as you get later on into the time. You know, the the way it's shot and the colors that are used change to match the the growth and you know even artistic growth. So I think it, I think it's pretty clever, to be perfectly honest.
2: OK, thanks, Ozzy. So we've, we've spoken about how it looks. And Ozzy said, oh, really, it kind of puts you in a time and place, which I really like when films do that. Um, you know, and it transports you back to the seventies and eighties. But I think that why
4: don't you just get in the bath with Ozzy if you're looking? <laughs> no, much? I know. Do, do,
2: do, do, we're do you at a the room? Moment. Yeah. Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ! <laughs> we're, staying, we're already in a room, and the yeah. bath is running. <laughs> right. So stop it. Uh, so yeah, no. What all, all I'm saying is that a big part of this film, I imagine, will be the music. And if it's, uh, it's if it's done a good job of kind of transporting you back to a particular time, <laughs> yeah, visually. No yeah does it do that for via sound as well
0: neither you, you, uh, can, can i
2: just jump <laughs> okay can, can i just jump on like uh, aussie
0: no 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 um i respect Ozzy as a man but what, what he just said about the direction oh, you in... don't. <laughs> <laughs> well what Ozzy <laughs> just said about the direction and what's love got to do with it is is i disagree strongly in the strongest terms i disagree i don't think the direction is very inspiring in this i think it's pretty uninspiring i think joel's right the sets are quite cheap and they get reused a bit too often. So certain scenes maybe could have been somewhere else, but because it's like, well, we'll just have it in the living room again. And you know, it's just nothing special at all. And this is a feature length film. So, you know, I, I don't think purposely not filming things well places it in a time, you know, the brilliant films made in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. You know, I think every you know, you could have great direction in all of those times. It's not an artistic choice. It's it's an artistic lack of imagination I think and and lack of talent I think and I wouldn't say that the film's it's not going for direction it's not like a huge you know this isn't like 2001 a space odyssey it's not going for that that's not its strongest bit but Joel's right in saying that it does look cheap in certain bits especially some of the sets in particular you you do notice and you do think "Mm, that's not up to scratch is how I, is how i felt in certain scenes the music i i you know it, it's a weird one i'm gonna say that i'd say that some of the better shot scenes are the music scenes like they're not poorly shot those at all i feel like that's more where the the talent of it was you know to to, to get the feeling of the crowd and tina turner doing it the sort of problem with, with what's love got to do with it is you've got to be a tina turner fan and, and i know that sounds strange because would you not be watching why would you be watching it if you're not a tina turner fan but i mean i was and you know you know you're enjoying certain parts of the film and then and then it's tina turner or tina turner and ike turner and the the review or, or band and so i i just found there's quite a lot of musical pieces in there and you know i maybe i was watching it thinking will this make me a tina turner fan and and it didn't i'm not really into her songs so i just think a bit, you know, again, if we're looking at other biopics, you know, there are songs in them, but these songs are quite prominent in the film and sometimes they're the best parts of the film. And the fact that you're not enjoying them, if you're not a Tina Turner fan, means that, well, that's kind of wasted on you a little bit. Whereas I feel like in other biopics, you get, you, get, you, know, you get a flavour of the music, but it's more about the drama, the story and stuff like that. So I, I just think you have to really be a big tina turner fan to enjoy those set pieces and they're a big part of the film
2: okay so i'll hand it directly over to a big tina turner fan dave (laughs) did did you enjoy those scenes as a tina turner fan and do you think that maybe non-tina turner fans might be
1: a little bit alienated from watching them I love those sequences because, as you put it, I am a massive Tina Turner fan. I do I do love Tina Turner. And I thought these sequences were great. Like Alex said, just to get in on the direction side of things, I thought the direction in this was competent. I didn't think it was like one of the best directed films you'll have seen in the 90s, but I didn't think there was anything particularly negative to say about it. But I did think the musical sequences were really well done. Um, Angela Bassett in particular moves like Tina. You know, if you've ever seen Tina Turner live or seen videos of her live, she was very unique in the way she used the stage, the way she moved about the stage, very distinctive movements. And Angela Bassett worked with her to really get those dance routines down and move like her. The vocals, Angela Bassett had to go, but there wasn't really time to learn how to sing with such a distinctive, unique voice. So Tina Turner actually re-recorded a lot of her songs for this to be used. Uh, So that's her voice you're actually hearing, and Angela Bassett sort of lip syncs along to it, and it it works. These sequences are full of that vibrant energy that people grew to expect from a Tina Turner concert. You know, she is one of the greatest performers of all time. Whether you like her music or not, you can't deny that she's up there with Elvis and with James Brown as one of the finest showmen or showwomen that the music industry's ever seen. You know, performance-wise, this is a legend. And this is what she's known for. You know, I know she may have acted in Mad Max 3 or whatever, but she is a musical <laughs>
3: artist. She I don't think
1: known- anybody remembers <laughs> Tina Turner for Mad Max 3, do I don't <laughs> think anyone can forget Tina Turner in
2: Mad
1: Max 3. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I, I, would, I just
2: love it. Talk- if somebody was listening to this episode and they're like, who the fuck is here? Who, who are they talking about? And then you went, oh, of course, Tina, Mad Max <laughs> Theory, <laughs> <yeah. But laughs> kind of proven my point in a way, we know her
1: as a musician, as a singer, as as this legend of the music industry. It would be a bit remiss if we did a film about Tina Turner's life and didn't include these musical sequences, people would want to see where did these massive hits, even if you're not a fan, you know her songs, you'll have heard them multiple times, maybe covered by other people, maybe on the radio, you, you know who she is, you know what she sang, and it's nice to see where they fit in with her life and her career, and it's like, oh, this is the time they recorded this, this is where River Deep Mountain High came in, this is where Ragdoll came in, this is where all these big songs that shaped the music industry or contributed to it at the very least, this is where they fit in. This is their story. This is the story of, of the career of Tina Turner, as well as the private life, which, you know, it's it's hard to say, which is the more, more compelling story. You know, this incredible music career that she had or this, at times, terrifying and, and distressing private life that was going on. Both are crucial parts to telling her story. And you couldn't really do her justice if you left either one of them out. So I think these musical episodes... If you're not a Tina Turner fan, no, you're probably not going to enjoy hearing her songs lip sync to by Angela Bassett. But it's crucial that they are in this film, and I think more people will come away being a fan than would be put off by them because she is she's a legend. She's she's great. She got some tunes. <laughs> okay, you should be on a press pack, Dave. You be. Being... <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, ju- I've just accepted a job with Michael Wincott. I can't. <laughs>
2: yeah okay so uh, it sounds here like everything that we talk about all the different aspects of the film are linked to the performances so aussie uh, can i get your opinion on some of the performances in the film you know dave already alluded to earlier lawrence fishburne angela bassett if you want to go into more detail about them if you want to bring anybody else in at all
5: i i'd like to really uh really jump on a lawrence fishburne uh wagon for a second actually because i think he does it an incredible job to do to do a part of somebody who you know who's portrayed within this to be so unlikable and just generally to be so unlikable he from the second you see him and he comes on he is just oozing swagger he captures everything that we know about ike as a showman you know he's he's stylish he 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 has the swagger he has the you know the, I think the Riz, I think is what the kids call it these days. Maybe uh, I like to capture these. I don't know. I've seen it written down a lot of times. I may not be pronouncing it correctly. But,
2: <laughs> but uh, <laughs> and, and these are the and these are the inside of uh, the toilet cubicles. I think the yeah, R are a J. <laughs> but, you know, he,
5: he truly captures the art of a showman, and you know, and then and that that trail there. He sees, uh, you know, and he sees. Tina, you know, and he he grows her, you know, he turns her into what what he needs to be to turn his band. You know, it's pretty poorly self-serving, but the performance and the is real, really believable as um, as Ike in that, and 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 so is her, you know, so is her pain throughout. that as, as they both grow in the development and the little glimmers of of uh, of anger and uh, of selfishness, you know, and they 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 show through, and I think it's it's really like a, a really commendable um, bit of acting. From, um from Lawrence Fishburne on there and I, I think just genuinely that's you know they're they're the they're the two main pieces of this and but um angela bassett's you know really gets her own. And when she finally finally leaves and goes to the hotel room you know that's um an incredible job but there's not really anybody else particularly uh every i think everyone plays a good bit of mum plays a good role a friend who's like a uh, an amalgamation of other characters who, who sort of ultimately you know convinces her to leave does a good role but they're just playing a part you know they're just, just moving the story along essentially the, the two big pieces in here are um Lawrence Fishburne and Angela Bassett and and honestly it's it's fantastic acting and I, I think you do you could do a lot far worse She should have got an, an Oscar for this not for... Uh, nobody should have even uh, nominated her for... <laughs> well, well, let, right,
2: that, that trial's <laughs> over now. Right, Let's stop shitting on Black Panther 2. Uh, and I believe that she did get an Oscar nomination for this. Uh, although... Oh, yeah, she? I, I I may,
1: uh, she did, so did Fishburne, and Angela Bassett won the Golden Globe that year. Well, there you go. Of course. No need
2: to Google when Dave's on the call. <laughs> uh, yeah. Joel, okay, so Ozzy has showered... Angela Bassett and Lawrence Fishburne with Golden Praise. Riz. <laughs> with <Riz. laughs> but uh for for their performances but is there anything that you want to add to or is it, or, or do you want to focus a little bit on the characters or is there anybody else in the film that we need to be discussing as well?
4: Not massively to be honest like the the performances are good but I feel like part of that is down to you know the subject matter I feel as though Not that it's easy to portray that type of thing, but I feel like portraying that type of thing is easier to get, you know, critical response if that makes sense. You know, when you have like these type of films where maybe you have to portray a wider range of emotions than maybe something like action, I always feel like you almost get a little bit more kudos for that type of thing, and I do feel like that's definitely the case here. Ozzy's kind of right in a way in that Lawrence Fishburne and Angela Bassett are kind of. More or less, the only two characters there are, I guess you'd call them side characters type of thing, like uh, a friend's Darlene. um, And then you've got like a a few other kind of lesser known people. But overall, like there's no problems with the performances, I suppose. You know, for me, once again, it would come back to the actual characters and the fact that once you kind of find out that a lot of it isn't real, like it does take the shine off it. And it also kind of, again, echo what what alex said about the music like i've watched you know quite a lot of biographies and things like that you know you mentioned the the queen and freddie mercury one for me like although i like queen i wouldn't say i'm like a massive queen fan but i enjoyed that because i found like it was you know i got to find out things that i didn't know i got to um see bits of freddie mercury's life that you know i hadn't seen before because i hadn't read like maybe his autobiography and that type of thing and it wasn't filled with music, you got to see how um, you know, Queen and maybe, maybe Freddie Mercury came up with some of their most famous songs. And there's really none of that here. Like I would have preferred to maybe seen how Tina Turner maybe got some of the ideas for her most famous hits. And I didn't really feel like they showed much of that at all. I just feel like she'd walk onto stage and belt out a number and it was kind of a little bit like, Uh, you know high school musical feeling type of thing so i just feel as though they kind of missed a few hits and actually there's again to go back to the wikipedia page i'll I'll just talk about it because i found it so strange as well that this was on there so there's like a quote from tina turner where it said uh she wishes the film had not portrayed her as a victim and when she spoke to oprah winfrey about it she said i only watched a little bit of it but i didn't finish it because that's not how things went that's not how things went I didn't realize they would change the details so much and that you know this is on Wikipedia and if you go on Wikipedia for any other film I think even like biographies and that type of thing I think you'll struggle to find a page that has got so many like you know details that aren't facts or aren't true so again you know it's my original point I suppose but I just feel like it takes the shine off it massively when you find out that a lot of it isn't actually real
5: you're going to be so shocked when I tell you about Marvel.
4: Ozzy <laughs> 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 don't
3: going
2: A few weeks to
4: recover from Father Christmas. So.
2: <laughs> just before we call it a day, I just want to hear a little bit from Dave and then from Alex as well with regards to performances because I think with a film like this, especially a biopic, performances are probably one of the most fundamental, if not the most fundamental aspects of the film. So Dave, is there anything that you want to say about the performances or about the characters?
1: Uh no, I'm just gonna agree with what Ozzy said, to be honest with you. Angela Bassett delivers a point a note perfect impersonation of Tina Turner. But her performance itself, it's got so many more levels to it. It's not just an impersonation. It it's got a lot more nuance. You know, it's Tina Turner's showmanship was impressive, sure. But it's the scenes Showing her domestic life and, and the violence within, where you really see what, what kind of actor Angela Bassett is, and you understand why she got the nomination, why she got some awards. And it's those scenes that will stay with you. And Lawrence Fishburne as well. You know, he turned the role down uh, five times, I believe, before he, he was allowed to sit down and he was able to add a bit more, a bit more nuance, a bit more subtlety to Ike's character, because he felt he was too much of a villain, you know, a bit two dimensional at one point. And he brought so much to the table. You know, these are these performances. I can't understate. They elevate this to a whole nother plane. Lawrence Fishburne and Angela Bassett, the way they work together, the way they develop their characters together, they developed the relationship of Ike and Tina on the screen. You cannot understate how amazing they are in these roles. They are both fantastic. This is, I would say these are both the career defining moments for both of them and it we're bordering on acting showcase the levels of that good oh, wow. Jesus, dave run a bath jesus christ <laughs>
5: <laughs> if you leave now you could be in time <laughs> <Right there.
3: laughs>
5: but Dave, dave's right there before you jump to alex is that like lawrence courses, say, he, makes, he makes a, a likeable character at the start like a truly you think actually you can totally understand why somebody would fall in love with him and want to hang around with him and want to, you know, want to please him. You can totally understand that he just he has that full grasp and persona. And, you know, that that can only be done through
2: uh, great acting, you know, really pulling a character off the page. Okay, thank you very much, Ozzy. Yeah, I really like the sounds of that. Alex, I mean, how how are you going to shit on this? (laughs) Yeah, I'll do my best. Uh, I won't. I'm not going to shit on
0: Angela Bassett. <laughs> Sorry. <don't laughs> edit. Edit. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to open the podcast. I'm not going to say anything bad about Angela Bassett or Lawrence Fishburne's uh, performances. I just, you know, I know it's a podcast where I've got to say bad things about it, but I just think that's an outright lie. That they do very good performances, and you know, are very watchable, and their scenes together are are really, really good. They're really enjoyable to watch because of their performance of it. It, it. it is very good acting and you can see why she'd got an Oscar and she'd got more accolades for it, I think. And, you know, Dave's not hyperbole when he says that these are career defining uh, performances early on in the career. I'll just go back to the points that, you know, Joel was making though, when we look at the other characters, which obviously in a biopic are very important, you know, and um, and it's just the problem of the, the believability, the credibility you have when you're looking at these some of these composite characters, you just think it's a little unnuanced. It's a little broad strokes. When you've got these friends, the friend that she has, for example, that gets out, uh, you know, where uh, Ike Turner hits her and she leaves, and then she comes back and she sort of helps Tina Turner with getting her into Buddhism, getting her into these different things, and you just think, you know, no, I, I don't quite go with this. To be honest, I'm not quite, I'm not quite believe this character. And I know she's a composite character. You look up, she's a composite character of many different people. But I just think, well, what's the problem with having a few different characters where it's not all you're a good person, you're a bad person? And and I just think the film does, again, not going into it, not leaving away from Ike and Tina's relationship with the other characters, especially like the mom and friends and family. It does get a little bit heroes and villains, does go a little bit like good people and bad people. OK, so I just think the performances are great. But the credibility of the rest of the film, you, you can't help but be watching it and be thinking, I don't know if that's if that's exactly, you know, I'm not sure if that's exactly what would have happened. I'm not exactly sure. And I think, I just think when you watch a biopic of, of anybody, um, a story of anybody's life, and you can't really point out one failing that they had throughout their entire life, I just think that causes you to question a little bit the veracity of what you're watching. And also, it also makes it a little bit, I just feel like it's a missed opportunity for the film. I think there would be really interesting things to go into. I think that's an interesting part of biopics when you look at what people maybe regrets in life, maybe things that they think they could have done better. And I think the fact that that's completely absent in what's love got to do with it, it just just lo- it just loses some of its drama and its credibility.
2: Okay, thank you very much. I'll tell you what. So we have any closing arguments? Anything else that you want to say? Anything that,
1: any final points that you haven't discussed? If so I start with maybe Dave? These performances are what is key to this film. I understand what Joel is saying about inaccuracies. I understand what Alex is saying about direction. Um, I just think they all pale in comparison when you look at what a compelling story has been delivered and not necessarily delivered by the script writer or the director, but by the two leads that were chosen perfectly I, I you couldn't have recast this any better they may not look like tina and ike but they act like them. and by the end of the film you believe they are them you know this these performances are top-notch this is like i said a showcase
2: okay thank you very much dave joel anything that you want to add
1: i would
4: just say to echo what i said really there's not much point in watching it because <laughs> most of it isn't true and if you're not a Tina Turner fan, there's no point anyway because there's nothing for you. So, unless you're a major fan, skip it.
2: Okay,
5: thank you very much, Joel. Aussie? Uh just to uh, I'll just follow Dave. A little secondhand emotion, and uh, <laughs> yeah, honestly, I think it's a I think it's a great film. I think we've we really summed it up, and I don't know whether we gave enough props to. Um, uh, it was it was shit on a little bit the actual musical numbers, <laughs> but the the level of, you know, just of, uh, I'm trying to think of a good word, but like mimicry, you know, it was it was so accurate the way she portrayed that. And I know she was lip syncing, but you wouldn't know that she was lip syncing. You know, there's so many people thought that she was truly singing that. And uh, she just, she absolutely nailed it. You could you could easily believe that she portrayed it. And I think the, cap- the way they captured the characters in this film um, it is, is real testament to, to the acting abilities okay thank you very much Ozzie. i'll okay. tell
4: you one other annoying thing about the film when, <laughs> when somebody Hello. mentions the title the song instantly comes into my head and i find <laughs> that <massively annoying. laughs> that's one of my favorite
1: things about the title. <laughs> yeah uh thank you
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Joel. Um, Okay, right, that's it then. Uh, I've got a lot to think about there, a lot to think about. Joel, hopefully you have gone away and you've made a little quiz all about something to do with the film. So I'll hand it over to you, thank you very much. Well,
4: our schedule's been a bit all over the place recently, so it was a quiz about musicians and films, and then it kind of hit me, like, if we were actually doing this, film or not, and whether this quiz would just be completely out of place. Well, luckily we we were doing this, but it's, it's
5: just... It's like, where's he going with this? Uh, through the quiz oh, he's away. done it, he's done it. <laughs> uh,
4: okay, so this is about musicians in film. Dave will probably piss all over everybody on this. As, as per. Um, so, question one. What band cameoed in Back to the Future 3?
2: Bam! Oh, Back to the Future 3. Oh, fuck, I don't know. Uh, Huey Lewis of the News.
4: I've never even heard of that band so I'm going to say no. <laughs>
2: nah, How just, dare you? uh slipknot.
5: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I
5: don't think I've seen Back to the Future Free. What year did they go to? it's The cowboy uh, one.
4: Yeah, it's yeah, the cowboy one by the uh, Bob Dylan.
2: Oh, so, um, Bon Jovi. Oh no, that was is. fucking Young Guns, wasn't
4: it? It is ZZ Top.
2: <laughs> oh, oh, of course.
4: Okay, okay so question 2. Maybe a little bit easier, because everyone's definitely seen this film. What band cameoed in American Pie?
2: Bam. Is it it Weezer? No. Is is it Blink-182?
0: It is Blink-182. Um, two top guesses for me as well.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. <So> your next <laughs> one is going to be The Three Tennis. <laughs> <laughs>
4: okay, so this film is about a, a musical group. So what film about a musical group is the highest grossing?
2: Of all time.
4: Like of a band. Like uh, of that genre type of thing. A band, yeah, essentially. So say if Oasis w- Grossing. So say if, say if Oasis had a film, like uh, an Oasis film. That's what I'm looking for. Go on, grab you a first.
2: Is it is it what we were talking about before, Bohemian Rhapsody? It's not. Bam, Dave. Is it Spice World? It
4: is Spice World. Oh, only, oh, brilliant. Well brilliant.
2: Done, Dave. Well done. <laughs> let's not forget as well that uh, Gary Glitter filmed a scene in Spice World that had to be caught just before let's, the yeah. film was released. Did it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Please, please let's forget. Okay, you can't so... can find that on YouTube, by the way, if you did want to look. <laughs>
4: Thanks. We've, we've all seen your YouTube recommendations. <laughs> okay, so which film has the most popular soundtrack?
0: Bam! Ooh.
5: Oh shit! I know. Gladiator? Um,
4: no. No. Bzz, uh, oh, the greatest showman. No, great showman is number two.
5: Wow. Damn.
4: I'll give one, Dave. Bodyguard. It is the bodyguard. Well done. Wow. Uh, well
2: done, Dave. Dave. Well done, man. I was going to say Caddyshack.
4: <laughs> <laughs> that was a close. An, I
5: can only think of one song from Bodyguard. I mean, obviously it's a good song, but yeah, but that's uh,
4: why everyone bought the soundtrack, isn't it? I think.
5: Oh right, just for that one, right? It's like uh, for the song Titanic. Everyone
4: ready. bought it for "My Heart Will Go On." Um, yeah. So, question five: There's two answers for this. One male, one female. Who are the most listened to artists of all time? But as wow. a caveat here, I'm talking about streamed. Not like Ooh, okay. stream. so I'm instantly rolling out the Beatles for everyone. Yeah. Right. I think I've
0: got the female one is
4: Rihanna? No, it's not Rihanna. Taylor it's Swift. Shit. It is Taylor Swift. Well done, shit.
2: And it's pronounced Rihanna. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I
0: meant Rihanna. She's a folk singer from Wales.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, he was talking about the the other people have uh, uh, listened to Alex, not just <laughs> that you've listened to the most. <laughs> uh, 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 and most stream
5: male singer? Is it Kanye West? Oh, no no, Edge here. Justin Bieber.
4: You Ozzy, you are on the right lines with Kanye West, but Drake. It is Drake. Well done, Dave. Oh well done, oh. Dave. Uh okay, so Will Smith, obviously one of the most successful um kind of actors and rappers. Yep, singer to movie stars type of thing. But what is his highest grossing film ever?
2: Bam. Of oh, Dave. Yeah
1: no after you go you can roll one say, out for
2: me. men in black one
4: well you'd be wrong
1: <laughs> uh, is it wild wild west <laughs> <laughs> negatively it. yes if it, <laughs> <laughs> uh, is it independence day
4: it's not independence day
1: <laughs> oh no um shit, what's it, the one with the zombies i am it?
4: legend it's not i am legend bad it's boys a relatively two. recent one bad boys three bad boys
0: three
4: <laughs> i'll give everybody a massive clue so King Richard. To First gets it he's Ali. a big blue thing oh aladdin aladdin
2: uh, really? Uh, really? Wow. Oh. hey so uh, i i recently dug up a time capsule that my mom and i buried in um what the 31st of december 1999 uh, so, just dug it up about a month ago. And in it, I had a list of all of my favorite things, and my favorite <laughs> actor. And my favourite singer, we're both Will Smith.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I bet you'd erase that from your memory, hadn't you?
1: <laughs> you should, you should tweet him, Gav. I think he could do with some cheering up roundabout. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got, I got. Just before we move
2: on, right? Guess who I said my favourite actress was? I-, I could give you Shannon all. Tweed. No, I- <laughs> <laughs> no. Although it was the right age, Alex. No, I could give you all probably about a million guesses, but I'm only going to give you one each it's probably
4: somebody you fancied right at that age yeah, China from <laughs> WWE <laughs> it, wasn't,
1: it wasn't it wasn't China though. Um, um, was it someone you fancied at that age? Uh, no, I, I appreciated her for
2: her acting abilities with, uh, Winona Ryder uh, no uh, rider. Street. Street. <laughs> no. <laughs> Street, no no no, John Simms. Uh, well done, Dave. It was no, no. It was uh, it was actually Juliette Lewis. Oh wow. <laughs> Twelve, very, very, twelve-year-old me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, twelve-year-old me was really into Basketball Diaries from and Dust and so Dawn and that was it from Dusseldorf. But I bet <laughs> it was. Anyway, so, sorry, Joel.
4: Uh, um. Okay, question eight. I oh, don't know. Question seven. Justin Timberlake's lowest-rated film on Rotten Tomatoes is 7%. Bam, 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 bam,
3: bam, bam. <laughs> the Love Goru. <laughs> no,
4: it's not the Love Goru. Oh,
3: uh,
0: was he in Southland Tales? Was he in Southland Tales? He was, he was. Yeah, it Southland was. Tales. It's not
4: that. It is, Jesus. It's two words, but they're both the same word. Uh
2: Okay.
5: Justin Timberlake. I don't even
4: know who's in a film. <laughs>
2: <laughs> two words, but they're the same words.
4: Yeah. Also has Ben Affleck in it.
2: Oh runner runner.
4: Runner runner, correct. No, I mean. Okay, so question eight. Obviously, he is partnered with Jennifer Lopez, and her lowest rated film is six percent. Uh it is Jigley, well done. <laughs> and what is the... Uh, we need to watch common that. ...common thread between the two films, apart from... <laughs> Netflix, fucking <Dave>. dire. <laughs> <laughs> apart, apart from one having Jennifer Lopez and one having uh, Justin Timberlake. They're both Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck, well done, Dave. <laughs> um, okay, so question nine. I feel like this is the type of really fucking obscure fact that one of you would know. What reason Dave. did Christopher Nolan give for casting Harry Styles in Dunkirk?
2: Bam, bam. He said he'd never fucking heard of him before, which is a complete lie. It's a complete <laughs> lie that he'd never fucking heard. He, 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 this guy auditioned in front of him and he hired him on his acting talent alone, which is 100% a barefaced fucking lie. <laughs> no, yeah, that
0: is, that is. You can see the people writing it down just being like, Okay, <laughs> like you know,
2: fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, we watched tree, the uh, but...
0: we watched the we watched the policeman
5: as well the other day, yeah. and he's shitting as well. But he does get his bow out. So,
2: well, you know, speaking <laughs> <six> round <laughs> <rather laughs> about it. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so the the he he did say that, but he also said he has an old fashioned face, and that's oh. one of the reasons that persuades. <laughs> Just one
5: of those faces, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
4: okay, so this question is question ten, but there's. Five parts to it, so I'm going to name five artists, and you have to name the first film that they ever appeared in.
2: Ooh, good shout!
4: Uh, so Ice Cube,
2: Bam, uh, Boys in, Boys in the Hood, <laughs> Leprechaun.
4: Do you think because he's called Ice Cube that his first film would be Boys in the Hood? That sounds no. a bit racist. Is it not,
5: is, it, is Ice Cube not the guy who's in Leprechaun?
2: Uh, n- that's, um, that's uh, Warwick Davis, isn't no, no, it? Is. No, no, no,
3: no, no. You might,
2: you might
0: be confusing ice yeah, cube no, with.
2: No, no, <laughs> to, to, to give us some credit, to give us some credit, he's thinking about iced tea. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah. Uh, uh, no, <laughs> you, you were, you were right, Gav. Apart from the. Uh... Horrendous stereotype in there. It was boys <laughs> in the hall. was oh,
3: that stereotype when I need to film that he was in? <laughs>
4: uh, okay, question B Beyonce.
1: Oh, bam. bam. Go on, Dave. Dave.
4: Dream
2: Girls? It's bam. not Dream Girls. Go on, Gav. Austin Powers 2, The Spy who shocked me. No, nope. Bam Bam Bam. Oh, Bum, 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 oh, yeah.
4: <laughs> <member>. <laughs> you thought that big time, Gav. <laughs> <laughs> Brucey stole that from me. oh, it, me. it, it, gold member. No, well done, Brucey. C, <laughs> uh, Lady Gaga.
2: Oh, uh, does TV count?
4: No, that's why I said films.
1: Bam. Good machete on, Kills.
4: It is Machete oh, Kills. Oh, yeah, well, done, Dave. That's a pretty obscure one, but Danny Treasure.
1: Of course, it's <laughs> come, come now,
4: come now, <laughs> uh, okay, so d Rihanna, and I'm just going to preface this. Like um. she she was in an earlier film singing, but this is an actual acting credit. Oh,
0: yeah, Batt-
4: battleships so is well, you you're half right, it's not battleships, it's just battleship. <laughs> give him the point joel don't give I think him. more than
0: 50 percent right on that one joel i'll do the maths later but yeah uh, maybe maybe
2: less because that would be double that's, minimum. that's true sure. what, what was what was she in a uh, Jupiter Ascended? is that the film that she was in singing
0: i didn't make it I anywhere near it, that much not. of the way through maybe about are 10 you, minutes through that
1: are you thinking of valerian ah oh, that was it yeah Valerian. they're both uh,
2: terrible okay
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> the last one of the whole quiz chance for winner takes all because what you've done previously means nothing now Um <laughs> so zendaya
2: oh, oh
1: Sp- fucking hell um. i mean are we talking about mainstream i'll see you say qualified. i'm gonna say great showman
4: it's be- there's one before great showman Ooh. Shanice Enders,
1: maybe? I don't know. She, 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 <laughs> she, was, she was in the
2: Disney show. She, she, she was on Disney Channel, but I can't remember any of the films. She was in, like... All, right. All of you
4: fucked it. Ozzy was right. It was Spider-Man.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Is that <a> first
1: one?
4: <laughs> That's her very first building.
1: Yeah, yeah. right. I think, I think wow. Ozzy
4: wins. I do Ozzy.
1: know That's how I won a quiz.
5: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah the one I didn't have to cheat for.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. Thank you very much for that, Joel. Apologies that I did a mini quiz within your quiz there um, <laughs> as well. But and, and well done, Aussie, as well. So, on to the verdict. Uh, I'm not going to lie, it's been a bit of a difficult one. um So, it's always going to be hard to create a biopic about a famous individual who is still living that isn't wholly impartial. And it, it does sound like this has perhaps been. Uh, sanitized a little bit uh, but as joel was saying at the end there maybe not necessarily due to tina turner's involvement if that wikipedia page is to be believed but i'm not going to pretend that this is an unusual example because i think this is common practice in biopics it does sound like perhaps the direction and some other elements of the film were perhaps a little basic or or, or maybe not as glossy or polished as they could have been or or maybe should have been for like an Oscar nominated biopic as this but it sounds like the live performances and the songs have been captured very well but that this may be a little off-putting for non-Tina Turner fans but I think if you're watching a Tina Turner biopic odds are that you probably like Tina Turner and if you don't then I think that anybody who isn't a fan could probably appreciate the performances of Angela Bassett and Lawrence Fishburne. And speaking of Bassett's performance, it does sound like it's not just an impression of Tina Turner. It sounds like she perfectly captures the very unique and recognizable live performances of Tina Turner. But not only that, it's sort of her and Fishburne's acting away from the stage that is the most captivating and enjoyable part of the film. And maybe even if all other aspects of the film aren't as good as they could or should be with performances that have been described as career defining or acting masterclasses and then those descriptions are disputed by the prosecution then I think this film should be firmly placed on the hit list. So that is that. I think we should find out some honest opinions. I'm going to start off with the most curious one dave as a big tina turner fan what did you think of this were you true to yourself
1: yes you you've made the right decision i do think this is a definite hit list film and i stand by everything i said about angela bassett and Lawrence fishburne's performances they are incredible in this and they saved this film uh there's a lot of flaws here i actually even though i think it's on the right list i did agree with a lot of what alex and joel were saying joel's right about the inaccuracies it is littered with them and i know it's not unique most biopics are are littered with inaccuracies and there's uh there's differences of opinion shall we say um and some of them are quite serious you know i know ike, ike turner had a few objections to her and so did tina herself she said you know they made her out to be a victim which uh which wasn't accurate which wasn't fair but also the petty little differences as well like joe mentioned quite a few inaccuracies on wikipedia and it's little things like oh ike never called it anime he called it Anne. and it sounds like such a petty difference but it's like how easy would it have been just to get that right in the script and it's like oh the uh, martha reeves and the Vandellas weren't called that they were called the shylights until 1961 but that seems in 1960 it's like why why put the year in if you're not going to research it and get it right there were so many differences mm. which just it just said to me, bad research. And I think all this comes down to a very pedestrian script. Kate Lanyer, this was only the second thing she'd ever written. And I think it was a step too far for her. And I think this film could so easily have bombed because the directing was pedestrian. The script was pedestrian. It was just given to two absolutely masterful actors who took something quite run of the mill and turned it into something special. If either of those actors had been replaced, this could have been easily shitless fodder. Alex is quite right, but thank God for Angela Bassett and Lawrence Fishburne, because you have got it on the right list. It is a hit list, but whoof, Alex and Joel weren't lying to you about some of those things. Okay, That,
0: that bath ran cold, didn't it, Dave? Jesus
1: Christ.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Wow. Okay, so so Joel, uh, Dave said that you were on the news, uh, on the money there, with regards to a lot of the things that you mentioned. How did you genuinely feel?
4: Yeah, pr- pretty similar to what Dave said, but i as I said, like during the the trial, I do think it was very strange when I went on that Wikipedia page. The amount of inaccuracies that it lists—maybe give it a look in yourself, like if you're interested in the film. But I'm not a Tina turner fan, so the film's not for me. You know, it's not it's not something that I'll be rushing to watch again. Uh, the performances were great, but I also agree with what I said about the um, how the film looks. Like it, it just doesn't look good. I think, and if they are trying to kind of put you into that time frame for me. It didn't work. Maybe that's because I didn't get it, you know, type of thing. But anyway, like it, it, it's on the right list, I think. And if you're a Tina Turner fan, it's probably It's probably um, it's probably like Tina porn.
2: Okay, uh, right. Well, I mean, I'll see. You like porn? <laughs> Do you like Tina porn? <laughs> what, what did you What did you
3: think?
5: I mean, if you spell it wrong, it. It goes an incredibly wrong way
2: are you back <laughs> to talking about leprechaun again <laughs> <laughs> um
5: I, uh, I i stand by um almost everything
2: i
3: said <laughs>
5: <laughs> by, by almost everything i said is that yeah it is a little bit rainy and it's a little bit dark at times in terms of visually not you know not incredibly well shot but i thought the um i think they did I actually think they were really clever in terms of not including a lot of the famous people, a lot of the famous places, you know, some of that's going to be constraints budget wise, like Dave said, it wasn't a great script and it is a tough watch if you're not a fan of Tina Terra or, you know, a little bit aware of, of it, but it's elevated by the, by the acting. The costumes are fantastic. They really do transport you to the time. I think there's a whole host of, like Dave said, there's a whole host of facts which could easily have been researched and made it better. But what they did research you know was the visuals. And I think that's you know the art of the of the film. I think actually it does does sing out the performance during the musicals, numbers, and the, the acting performance uh really really win over for me. So I think it's on the right list. It's it's not an easy watch, but it's on the right, what on the right list. What would you prefer to watch,
4: Ozzy? He Man, um, What's Love Got to Do with It? <laughs> or Flash Gordon.
5: Uh, I think, He Man gets the same same sort of time period, similar outfits. Uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely similar haircuts. <laughs> in fact, a bit of trivia for you: the scenes where Angela Bassett was in the eighties, the, the exact same wig that Dolph Lundgren used. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he <scene> <laughs> <laughs> Man um, is
4: probably truer as well.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, I just point out, you know, one other little bit of uh, bit of information. This came out in 93 the same year that the internet was made public researching this would have been a hell of a lot easier <laughs> if she'd been writing this script <laughs> when the internet was around and i don't think screenwriters before the internet became public ever considered that their work would be gone over with such a fine tooth comb. that's true and, yeah, and yeah. information would be as readily available yeah, yeah, as yeah. It is. so with respect to the screenwriter but i was a bit harsh on her <laughs> she didn't have the tools yeah. we have today
2: <laughs> yeah. And uh, finally, Alex, what are your thoughts?
0: Uh, I actually agreed mostly with what Dave and Ozzy were saying. It's a weird one this week. Uh, I actually enjoyed the film. Um, You know, at the start, it says this is based on I, Tina, by Tina Turner. So from that get-go, you're just going like, right, well, this is, you know, this isn't trying to go for an accurate unbiased look at it this is the story as told by Tina Turner and then you know it focuses the most of the most of the film is focused on the you know the outstanding performances and really well told story of the, the you know the tale of abuse between the two main characters and I think I can forgive a lot of the other stories and other bits and the elements being sort of dropped maybe you know even the script at some point even though i think in the in the key scenes the lines are delivered so well and you know that 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 i don't think it matters i just think that that key element of the story is done so well that you will not enjoy what's love got to do with it but you come away from it like having had quite a powerful experience so i really enjoyed it um in a weird you know in as much as you can say you enjoy a film about that topic and it's definitely on the right list i would I would be I would be been upset to be honest if it had been anywhere else.
2: Okay, thank you very much Alex. So how lower then our previous film on trial which was Black Panther, Wakanda Forever which scores 84 and 94%.
0: That's disgusting. Do you know what I mean? That's just
2: uh... <laughs> <laughs> disgusting let's re-open that little, worms. We got hard. an hour. I've got an hour. Like
0: come on, let's do it again. Let's do it again. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh yeah
4: so i actually uh, no, like no. you must have watched that after your operation alex when you were particularly cranky maybe. oh
0: i wasn't in a good i wasn't exactly in a good frame of mind i know Took. i had to watch it in about seven or eight segments it was that painful some of those were just only for like two or three minutes because like no no no. Oh. <laughs> no the fish people are back
2: no 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 alex <laughs> alex what would you rather have to watch black panther 2 again or have that operation again <laughs> back to you next week
1: (laughs) would you rather watch black panther 2 or avatar 2
0: black panther 2 you you could pretty much say pretty much every single film apart from avatar 2 it didn't black panther 2 didn't personally hurt my feelings
4: blood blood orgy at beaver lake or avatar (laughs) 2 (laughs)
0: <laughs> Again, I'll get back to you on that one. God, I, God, I, God, I'd be watching Blood Orgy. It could be Beaver Lake, wouldn't I? Jesus Christ! Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what about watching Black Panther two two times? <laughs> <Watching> <laughs> Avatar two once. Again, Panther. I, <laughs> I, I, I didn't realize until yeah. Dave just said it. They just have similar Black Panther two and Avatar two. Actually, are you know? There's a lot of similarities there. Blue Maybe baby. that's. Yeah. Blue people. Maybe that's that's the reason bullshit. why I hated it isn't so much. Yeah. Uh, anyway, right, higher or lower than our previous film, Black Panther? Wakanda forever. Uh, I I didn't actually know this. Um, higher. I didn't want
4: to be. Got to be lower than ninety-four percent. Oh no,
2: I'm I think
1: in higher.
0: I think Tina fans will like this.
1: Yeah, and even yeah. if you don't, the performances they re- they really are strong. Higher, I think lower. I think, I think lower. lower. Okay, so
2: you're both right, or oh, you're all right. It's both higher and lower. It's higher. Audience, sorry, no, it's higher critical ninety-six percent. It's pretty fucking high that and it's just slightly lower with audience with eighty-eight percent. So pretty pretty good, pretty good scores to be honest. Black
4: Panther 2 is better.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Makes it makes makes us redundant, isn't it? What we should just do is come on and just skip all all the bullshit and just read out the (laughs) rotten tomatoes. (laughs) see you
2: next week (laughs) (laughs) okay so uh, that is it that is the conclusion of our Angela Bassett season Uh, I think overall actually it's been a resounding success all three films have gone on the hit list although it is debatable whether two of those films could actually be called Angela Bassett films or
1: not (laughs) but where it counts it's ended up on the hit list so oh Dave sorry I was just going to say Angela Bassett can lift anything to a to a hit list level, I think. Try it. Avatar Aww. two. Answer if you've been in Avatar Two, it'd be <laughs> lifted to a hit list level.
0: You, I did watch London Has Fallen recently and she was very good in that. And I actually enjoyed that film more than I more than I should have. But uh, yeah, I was i was i was on a lot of coding at the time so
2: you don't have to make excuses man me and alex shared many many texts (laughs) between the last film we put on trial and this one and alex i've managed to persuade alex about Gerald Butler's acting abilities, uh, I,
0: but you know what? Butters isn't as bad as I might have thought. Do you know what, <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> Butters ain't too bad. I'm sorry, but
2: I'm sorry, Butters. He's <laughs>
3: right.
2: uh, Okay, so uh, yeah, just want to thank everybody who has taken the time out to listen to this episode. We really do appreciate you all listening, and uh, want to thank everyone for the arguments today as well. If you want to listen to more films on trial content, check out filmsontrial.co.uk. Check us out on all of the socials. Films on trial on everything uh, apart from twitter which is our film trials and um if you want more films on trial content check us out on any streaming platform Where, wherever you get your podcasts basically you will find films on trial in two weeks time we're going to start on a brand new season it's called Blockbuster season, aka trying to claw back as many listeners we may have lost when we briefly went off Spotify. Uh, But what we're going to be doing here is we're going to be taking one of the biggest blockbuster films from the 90s all the way up to the 2020s. So one from each decade. And in two weeks' time, we're starting with one of the 90s biggest blockbusters, The Phantom Menace. So really looking forward to watching that again. I think I have gotten over whatever I felt the first time I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long, long time, hasn't it, yes, Gavis? a yeah, yeah. quarter of a century. So, yeah. <laughs> now, surely I can't feel the same, can I? Tune in in two weeks' time to find out. <laughs> but before we go, what have we learned today? Well, we've learned that my hands are massive uh ozzy's a hobbit <laughs> and alex will refuse to shit on angela bassett uh, but ultimately that what love has got to do with it is on the hit list and we're going to be back in your ears in two weeks time with the phantom menace goodbye um.
0: Sorry, I just can't gab. <laughs> just enjoying getting a, a can of drink so <laughs> much. <laughs> okay, right. <laughs> okay, uh, sorry. <laughs> no no no. Uh, sorry, where is it? Sorry, the middle just... No you, looked, you just look so happy. I found it hard to concentrate. <laughs> is,
1: that, is that like <laughs> a particularly small can? No, it was
2: yeah. just in my giant hand. I
1: was going to say, <laughs> was, uh, it's like when Gandalf gets passed something by Bilbo. I'm, just,
2: oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what that
1: says more
5: about. I know, yeah. yeah. I
1: do. Have,
2: the, I do have hairy feet. Two times, yeah. two times in 30 minutes, as he's been described as hobbit-like. <laughs>
0: uh, shit, I've got completely. So sorry, man. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, no, no. It's my fault. I was so, shouldn't have looked at you. Um, hang on. I think the last point. A paper
4: for that. <laughs> Yeah. Especially when Gav tells you to turn the light on in the middle of the night.